Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 31 for you. We got a good lineup here ahead of UFC Vegas 21, which goes down on March 13th. We're first joined by Dan Ige. This is Dan really didn't do much in media ahead of his fight against Gavin Tucker. Obviously, he was supposed to fight Ryan Hall. We kind of get into that and Ryan Hall saying like the day after that he wants he's calling other people out. So we just kind of talk about how that all came together, why he wanted that Ryan Hall fight, and how we kind of already knew. That fight wouldn't come to fruition. Then we talk about this Gavin Tucker fight. Obviously, Ryan Hall, the ninth-ranked featherweight, taking on an unranked, really gay opponent in Gavin Tucker. Really intriguing matchup. Dan knows he can't take Gavin lightly, but this is a fight that he needs to fight on this stage just because he has a child being born soon. He needs the money to sp- and be able to spend some time with his wife. So a really interesting fight. And a, and a really, uh, this has fight of the night written all over it. We're then joined by Eric Anders to preview his fight against Darren Stewart. Uh, Good fight here. Obviously, both there, Stewart and uh, Eric Anders, they've kind of been inconsistent in the UFC. We've seen Eric Anders, his rise is really impressive. Then he fought Leo Machida. That's a fight a lot of people thought he won. But then after that, uh, Machida lost. He then beat Tim Williams in a fight that was kind of set up for him, and he did not look good until he got that head kick. Then he loses to Tiago Santos, lies to or Khalil Roundtree, picks up two straight, but then he lost Christoph Jocko in May of last year. His only fight, let's kind of talk about that long layoff and that. D- disappointing to sit on the sidelines for that long. We're then joined by Jonathan Martinez to preview his fight against Davy Grant and why he's not and why he's uh, kind of surprised he's not getting a higher ranked guy. He's coming off a good win over Thomas Almeida, who's obviously now fighting Sean O'Malley. We talk about whether or not Jonathan thinks he should have got that O'Malley fight because obviously that's a big fight in the division and what a win over Davy Grant does for him. And then we close things out talking to Jason Witt about his welterweight scrap against Matthew Samuelsberger, the the success glory MMA has had under James Krause and and kind of a possible move to 55 for Jason Wood, which is really intriguing. I didn't even think he could make lightweight, but it's definitely something he's considering. But thank you all for listening. Be sure to share the show, subscribe, and thank you all again. Crazy submission. (laughs) All right, we're joined by UFC featherweight Dan Ige, who's returned here March 13th. Dan, how's it going? I'm good, man. I'm just uh, excited to be returning to competition. It's been a few, it's been almost eight months, and um, I'm ready to get back in there. Before we touch on the new fight, I just want to quickly just one thing on your last fight. Obviously, first main event in the UFC didn't go your way, but like you're fighting Calvin Cater, one of the top guys. Like, how much do you think that loss is actually going to help you in your career? Just learning from that, learning how to go five rounds and all that kind of stuff. You know, I it's uh it's just one of those those moments. You know, at at the time the opportunity came, I think I got the opportunity on a four weeks notice. Same for him. Yeah, and um. It was just one of those moments, you know, you had to say yes, you had to go. And uh, I was on a, I was on a good run. I was on a six fight win streak. And, um, you know, it was just one of those opportunities. I had to go out and test myself. I believed 100% that I could win that fight. So I had to take that opportunity. I fell short. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew, actually, I, I knew even going into the fifth round, like this fight's going to make me better. I was like, I'm probably losing right now, but I'm already making the adjustments in my mind to what I need to go back and fix and do better and um, just fill those little holes and, you know, not give up rounds. I, I was giving up close rounds and, you know, that's what uh, cost me that fight. And you, I can't, I can't make those little mistakes anymore. And then obviously you needed some time off to that. And then you, I know when I was talking to you, like you basically said, you need to fight before you have your baby. So this March 13th date, you get Ryan Hall originally, who was calling out everyone like, and then he pulls out, like, were you kind of worried you weren't going to get that fight when he pulled out? Um, 
I don't know. I had a weird feeling he was going to pull out from the beginning. I don't know why. I just had this strange feeling. So I was already mentally prepared to just face anyone, no matter who, on March 13th. Um, so when that happened, you know, I, I kind of was already mentally prepared for that. And and um, obviously we got, we got a, a new opponent, Gavin Tucker, tough, solid kid. Uh, but we were, we were ready and we are ready to face anyone, even, you know, there's still two weeks to go. You, you never know what will happen in those two weeks, but I'm ready to face anyone. And, um, but my mind is set and my eyes are focused on Gavin Tucker. And you, uh, like screenshotted my, uh, tweet and like, uh, Brett Okamoto's tweet of Ryan Hall pulling out of fights and calling out a different opponent. Like, are you a bit mad that he's like, this isn't the first time he's kind of done this? He got mad at me. <laughs> he actually DM'd me. Um, well, he DM'd me when he got hurt. I don't even think the matchmakers knew about it. Uh, he's like, hey, man, sorry, Dan. I, I had a pretty serious training injury. And, and he had hopes to push the fight back to late April or, or, or early May. And I just basically told him, you know, there's no guarantees. Like, I, I have a kid on the way. You know, I hope you get better. And I'm sure we'll, we'll meet each other down the road. But. And then that interview came out, so it kind of it kind of pissed me off a little bit. Like, as far as like talking to the media, like just you're if you're hurt, you're hurt. When you come back, you're gonna fight whoever's there. And like, don't ask for the guy ahead of me. I I don't know. It just kind of I didn't even say anything. I just put those two yeah. articles next to each other and made them upset. So I did come out and you know, I don't know, gave him a little grace. <laughs> and. Gavin Tucker, uh, a fellow Canadian for me, like how much do you know about him? This is a guy that I think after he lost to Rick Glenn, a lot of people didn't know if he'd ever return. So I was obviously a beat down. And then since returning two years off, like he's looked really impressive. His last one against Billy Q who had a lot of hype. Like he kind of dominated that fight. Yeah. Uh, he's a good, solid kid. Uh, I met him a few times, came to Vegas from my first, just kind of looking at him and talking to him. He's very articulate. He's uh He's a technical, technical brawler. He's he's pretty good everywhere. Pretty well rounded everywhere. Um, I'm excited for the matchup. I'm excited. Stature wise, we're pretty similar. Um, he's a southpaw, and I'm orthodox, so we're a good, you know, mirror of each other in that sense as far as the height and reach and everything. Um, and he's a black belt on the ground. I'm a black belt on the ground. He's got a good judo background. I have a good judo background. It's gonna make a killer fight. Um, I'm actually really excited about it. The Ryan Hall fight was a little different approach, obviously, because it's not so much of a engaging fight. You know, it's a smart chess match. And so I was ready for both of those fights. Um, but I, I'm really excited about this one. Gavin's a tough kid. He's not going to back down. And yeah, like you said, he, he took that beating from Rick Glenn, took some time off, but it seems like he really kind of got gathered his thoughts and, figured out his why and he's been on a tear so i'm excited to face guys coming up that are on a hot streak so yeah are you a bit disappointed it's not a ranked guy because there were some ranked opponents underneath you that didn't have fight books like i thought of shane burgos maybe you made some sense but again like i know with you it was basically you need to fight march 13th because the baby's on the way we tried i think there were a few guys um we were trying to get in that time frame they even asked uh I'm pretty sure they asked Arnold Allen, but he's like he was he was set, he was good with the Sadiq fight. Um we tried uh 
outside of the top 15 were trying for Cub. Um, it was a big, big name that made sense. Wasn't mm-hmm. ranked, but he has a lot of value to that. So we tried for that. Um, I basically had a bunch of options I said yes to, and Gavin was the guy, and, you know, he stepped in. So he has my respect, and he has a big opportunity ahead of him as well. Did you think he'd be your opponent? Because he's actually scheduled to fight Cub Swanson on May 1st. So I don't really know what's going to happen to that matchup because I was kind of surprised he was stepping up. But it makes sense for him because Cub Swanson, though he's a big name, like you are ranked ninth. So if he has a shot of becoming a top 10 featherweight. Yeah. And, you know, both of those guys have looked great and fantastic. Um, I, I, I was hoping for the Cub because he's obviously a legend and, you know, it would have been awesome to go head-to-head with Cub Swanson, but Gavin Tucker is another, you know, future legend, and I'm excited to go and battle with him. So uh, it doesn't – to me, it doesn't really matter. I just need a body to show up, and I'm going to go in there and treat everyone the same. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're Edson Barboza, Mirsad Bektik, Calvin Cater, Kevin Aguilar, all these guys get treated the same, and I'm going to go in there and be Dan Ige and do what I do. How do you see this fight playing out? Because to me, the way I look at it, I think you're better striking than what Gavin is. And I think you're grappling. I think off your back, you're probably better. I think your grappling is kind of a wash where I, I don't really know if it's even going to hit the ground this fight. Yeah. I I mean, I, I'm planning and I'm preparing to beat him everywhere the fight goes. That's, you know, as much as I respect him, I can't have that type of respect when I'm in there competing. And I have to go in there and I have to, I have to put on a showcase in every aspect of the game, whether it's striking, it, it's an MMA fight. You know, I have to mix things up. I have to go out there. I have to strike. I have to wrestle. I have to grapple. And I'm going to show everything, and I'm going to show my vast improvements. I've been, uh, since my last fight, I've just, I've never had a chance to really, during my time in the UFC, I, I've always been in camp and camp and camp. And, you know, they say, and I don't truly believe this. They say you don't really get technically better in camp because you're just getting tougher and you're getting in good shape. And, you know, to some point I agree. I feel like I did get better along the way because I had to rise to occasion when I'm facing high-level guys. And But for once, I really had some time to, without a fight, just to focus on building my skill um, in every department. So uh, I'm excited to see how that comes to pr- to fruition and i've made a lot of sacrifices and adjustments so it's gonna be fun i don't know if you knew but i was looking at this every time you lost you've only lost twice in your career your next fight you came back and got a first round finish like well what do you think that makes is where you've always rebound strong right after a loss yeah i and it's weird i've always gone on six fight win streaks too i don't know yeah. why. uh even from an amateur like i lost as an amateur went on a six fight win streak Lost as a pro, went on a six-fight win streak. Lost in the UFC, went on a six. I I don't know. I I gotta I gotta beat that six is boy. I need I need at least I need to beat my own six-fight win streak record. Um, but I, that's the thing, man. I I feel like you know I I, I don't want to get counted out, and it's just maybe it's an ego thing, and I just come back better. And uh, you know they say. They say you never really lose until you give up. So, you know, of course, I took an L on my record, but I, I'm not, I didn't lose the war. The I'm, I'm still going. I, I still have goals to achieve, and I'm still aiming for the title. No matter my, my hiccups on the road, I'm still on the right path to success. 
what do you think a win over Gavin does for you? Like, to me, I think obviously he's not ranked, but I think this just puts you right back to where you were right before the Calvin loss, where you kind of remind everyone you're a top 10 featherweight and you're going to get a guy ranked above you next time out. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I respect the rankings and whatnot, but um, there's a lot of guys that will sit out because they don't want to fight the guy below them, fight the guy. They only want to fight the guys above them. And I, I, I kind of think that's bullshit in a way. And, uh, you know, it's just a good excuse to not fight. But I, you know, I'm, I've always been open and freely open to fight anyone. I think wins do the talking more than anything. And wins will earn you title shots. So Gavin's a tough kid. Now, it's not no one. I'm sure anyone else in the top 15 isn't just going to willingly want to fight Gavin because they're ranked and they don't want to lose their number. And he's tough. So um, I, I'm one to take on those challenges. And, um, but I will show why I'm number nine and I'm not only number nine. I, I feel like I'm better than that, but I, I will show why, why I'm number nine. Are you excited to complete the little COVID trifecta? You've now fought Jacksonville fight Island and now you're queuing off at the apex. Finally. I, I mean, my whole UFC career, I've never fought in Vegas. I live in, I've been in, I've been living in Vegas for five years. So I'm excited to get that home court feeling, uh, I've been training over at the Apex weekly with uh, some killer Russians. <laughs> and uh, so I, I just, I walk in there every day and I just visualize and, you know, I feel at home. So when I make that walk to the cage uh, on the, on the 13th, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel where I belong. Well, obviously you have the baby coming. What is it in April? I think you said it was. The potential due date is April 9th. But I mean, my wife and I think it's going to come a little earlier. We don't, I mean, you never know. No. 37, she's 34 weeks right now. 37 weeks is technically full term. So it could happen. You never know. <laughs> so obviously then the focus becomes to being a dad. So like you get yeah. your hand raised here. Like when's that ideal time frame? Because I'm sure you obviously want some time off, spend it with your wife, spend it with the kid and whatnot. I'm definitely going to take a little time, not too much, but I'm going to take a little time, you know, uh, I owe my wife that more than anything. She's uh, been putting up with me every day and just carrying a child in her. And I, I want to be there as my first kid. I want to be there as a dad and just watch him grow and go through that hectic life for a little bit with no sleep. And um, but after you know at least a couple of months, I'll, I'll be training here and there. But I'll prop. It's it's too hard to say because I really don't know. But I, yeah. you know. Obviously, uh, with a win over Gavin and having the kid, I'd probably expect to at least get back in there, you know, late summer, early fall. And uh, I still plan to fight three times this year, so even as a dad. And you're someone that uh, like like likes to be active, but with your last fight going five rounds, like obviously you had to take some time off, but do you think that's going to benefit you here where you proved your cardio go five rounds? So now going three rounds, like you could push a real hard pace over three. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like to be honest, like even going into that five round fight, not knowing what it's going to be like and how it's going to feel and not having a full at least eight weeks of preparation going into that. I, I didn't know what to expect, but to be honest, the five round was, it was almost easy. I, there was never a moment I went back to my stool in all five rounds that I felt like, like out of breath or winded or tired. And maybe that's me, you know, kind of holding back a little bit and not giving my full 100%. But 
it's definitely a, you know, I learned a lot, you know, I learned I could go harder in certain rounds and this and that, but definitely three rounds, I, I could do anything hard for 15 minutes. I, I've trained that all the time, my whole life. I can do anything hard for 15 minutes and that's all I plan to do in this fight. Um, just work my ass off for 15 minutes, no matter where, if, if I get a first round finish, great. But if not, I'm, I'm prepared and I'm ready to go and gas pedal this guy for 15 minutes. And just last thing, like, I know it's kind of hard to tell, but like, you're a guy that doesn't hold, call out, you, you call your shots that you want it. Like, is their name ready or is it just basically too hard to tell just because of the kid? You don't really know. Cause there's yeah. some key featherweight fights coming up. It really is. Um, you know, I love to face any of those guys. I, I just, you know, I, I'm not really a guy to go try to pick and choose my opponents and get stuck on one guy. I'm, I'm coming for it for everyone. And when I'm a dad, <laughs> these guys better really watch out because daddy gay is coming in hot. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, thank you so much for the time again. I really appreciate it. Of course. Cool. Be the man. All right. We're joined by UFC middleweight Eric Anders. Eric, how's it going? Man, it's going awesome, man. Just uh, out here living the dream. You're out in, uh, are you still out in Arizona doing some training out there? Yeah, yeah, I did my whole camp out here. Um, last week, this, last, this coming week will be the last week of training, and then we're off to uh, Las Vegas um, on Tuesday, next Tuesday. Uh, what, what was the reason for the camp change? Um, man, you know, I, I just needed to grow, develop, and evolve. And, um, really didn't feel like I was getting that back home. Uh, needed some, uh, some, some different training partners, um, a different outlook on, on, uh, the game plan and stuff. And that Eddie John and Santonio and Santino DeFranco have just been phenomenal. Have done a great job. Uh, the strength and conditioning program out here is excellent as well with, um, uh, Chad E.K., um, and I think a combination of all three of those things will, uh, you know, showcase a, a new Eric Anders uh, come March 13th. How disappointing has it been just sitting on that loss against Jocko for so long now? Because I remember talking to you, you were kind of mad about that performance. Then you're supposed to fight in November. That doesn't happen. And now it, it just kind of been almost, like, coming up to almost, what, like 10 months now sitting on that loss? Yeah, man, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a bad taste been left in my mouth over, the, you know, close to a year now. And, uh. But man, now I'm healthy, uh, 100%. This will be the first time I ever go into a fight without a an injury or bumps and bruises and things like that. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to to showcasing everything that I've you know the growth and development since I've been out here. Darren Stewart too, pretty no name. Like, was this someone you wanted, or is it just who the UFC offered you? It's just who the UFC offered. You know, um, you know, Darren's a good guy. Uh, the thing that intrigues me the most about this fight is. You know, he's a fighter, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter if he gets rocked, uh, you know, as long as he's got, you know, air in his lungs and he's conscious, you know, he's going to be swinging heavy leather and uh, has a mind. So I think for the fans, you know, it's a super underrated fight, two super competitive guys, two fighters. You know, a lot of guys fight, a lot of girls fight, but they're not all fighters, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think we're both fighters. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out? Because it's really, you guys are both just, strikers you like to strike but obviously you guys both have some underrated ground games i mean he's definitely got more submission wins than i do i think in uh 18 fights i only have one submission and 
And I think he's got several. So, um, man, I think we meet in the middle, slang leather, and uh, I think only one of us will be left standing at the end. Uh, your takedown defense too, like, do you, how important that is that going to be in the fight? Because I wouldn't be surprised if Darren shoots at you, on, uh, shoots on you at some point. Um, you know, you know, I don't, I don't really know where I'm at in terms of like the middleweight division and takedown defense, but I know it's, you know, got to be close to the 90 percentile. So, um, I think it's extremely hard to take me down, especially, you know, out in space. And uh, man, I like my chances if he shoots. I see. So last time you rack up another uh, another submission win, and then you, you're cutting back down to middleweight. Obviously, the last time it, you missed weight, but that was because of the short notice. Coming back from Fight Island, like is everything all good to go back make 186 this time? Oh uh, man, yeah, I feel great. Uh, energy is through the roof. My weight is perfect. Um, so you know, I'm just you know that that's the only you know shitty part about the sport. It's the only thing I don't like about the sport is, uh, you know, the weight cuts. But um, that's only because I'm a fat kid at heart, man. I always be craving yeah. like burgers, pizzas, and beers, and things like that, candy. So, you know, just a little bit of discipline and uh, make the weight, then win this fight, then I can go go be a fat kid again for a little bit. Well, was there any, ever talk after missing weight the last time of maybe just going up to 205 for good, or do you think middleweight is where your home is? Um, man, I get in where I fit in, you know? Um, I'm here to make this money. And, uh, so wherever they offer me a fight, you know, you can ask anybody in the UFC, you know, the only top thing I've said no, like twice. And it was due to injury. And, uh, another time, cause you know, I was waiting on the COVID test to come back. And, uh, by the time it came back, they had already found a replacement. So, you know, they, um, I'll fight, you know, even a heavyweight if the, uh, if the, if the matchup is right. This will be your first time fighting at the Apex because uh, obviously your last fight didn't get canceled. Are you looking forward to that, not having to go down to Florida, not having to go out to Fight Island? Uh, man, yeah. You know, um, Fight Island was cool and all, but it really wasn't. Not what it was cracked up. Not what I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I'm glad to not have to take a 16-hour flight. I'm glad to, you know, I think we'll still be trapped in the hotel. It'll be the same situation, but... I don't know. It's, uh, I guess it really doesn't matter. Uh, concerning it's just that long ass flight. I hate long flights, especially if I have to make middleweight. Um, you know, you just the longer you're on the flight, the longer, the more, like, uh, I guess, uh, fluid water retention you get. So, man, it's just good to, you know, we're going to drive, so it's not even that big of a deal, you know? Uh, smaller octagon, too. Like, do you think that basically just forces you and Darren to kind of meet in the middle? Man, I don't really think it matters the size of the octagon when we get in there. I think we're going to meet in the middle, whether it's a 30-foot octagon or a 12-foot octagon. We're going to meet in the middle and, and let him ride. So, um, at least that's my game plan anyways. Like you said, he may shoot or whatever, but you know, we'll see what happens. Eddie Chaw, too, a renowned striking coach. How like how better do you think your striking has gotten since working with him? Uh, I think it'll be night and day, you know. Um I think at the end of the day, like, I'll be the fighter that I am. I'll bite down on the mouthpiece and, and let it go. But um, I just think he's done a marvelous job, uh, especially in the range and distance department, covering ground. As if you've seen my previous fights, like, I just kind of stand toe-to-toe, and he hits me, I hit him, we hit each other kind of thing. Um, so I'm looking to definitely be a little bit more elusive uh, in this fight. And um, 
uh, strike from distance and range instead of just, you know, being boxing range the whole time. Uh, how important is this fight for you? Every, obviously, every fight is important, but just because you haven't fought in a while, kind of remind everyone how good you are and get that bad taste out of your mouth. Um, man, you know, every fight is super important. You know, half my paycheck is on the line. You know, I need that. You know, that's the reason why I'm doing this is to get paid, you know. So, um, you know, for me, it, it's not even like how the UFC sees it. It's how I see it, you know. I've been away from the family, haven't seen my wife and kids in two months. So for me, this would be validation that everything I did was right. All the sacrifices that I made were, were the right ones and the ones that I needed to make. So, you know, anything less than a victory is, is you know, it ain't going to cut it. What do you think a win over Darren does for you in the middleweight division? Obviously, you're a guy that you've had a number side to name before. You've fought a lot of ranked guys before. I think a win kind of puts you right back to where you were, where you could be fighting some of these top 15 guys. Um. Man, I don't know. I'm not really concerned with it. You know, of course, you know, we all want to be in the top 15, top 10, top five and be champion. And a win here would put me in the right direction. Um, so, uh, like I said, one fight at a time. You know, I'm going in this fight 0-0 and, and uh, you know, looking to, to walk out of there 1-0. You're a guy, even in the UFC, you were fighting three, four times a year. So how disappointing or frustrating was it last year to only get one in? I mean... I had eye surgery uh, after the Jocko fight, so it kind of made me sit down for a little bit. And then, uh, you know, I had to pull out of the last fight, which, you know, that, that was a bigger hit to my ego than anything else. And uh, so, man, it's, it's super important for me to get in there and uh, get this win, you know. Uh, like Everything goes away March 13th. Like, how quickly would you want to turn this around? Like, even as a tur quick turnaround 205 fight, like, is that always a possibility? Um, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I think I want to sit down, hang out, chill with the fam for a little bit. You know, like I said, it's been, you know, they came out here for Valentine's Day, so I guess it will be a month um, since i seen them. And even then, it was just for a weekend. So, you know, I just want to, you know, hang out, you know, uh, take them to eat burgers and pizza and you know uh watch them compete you know jujitsu tournaments and things like that and uh but at the same time man you know time is ticking on my career so i'm trying to get it in make as much money as i can while i can and uh you know glide out smooth like what, what's the goal for you this year like is it to get a certain amount of fights to get a ranking or is it just kind of make the most money as possible i mean making the most money is always top priority um because what I'm trying to do now is set me and the family up that, you know, I can retire whenever I want to retire. You know what I mean? I don't have to, you know, be 40 years old or, you know, fighting forever. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to rack up as much bread as I can. Obviously, the more wins you get, the higher ranking you get, the more money you get. So it's all a combination of the three. Uh, just a few more things. Obviously, one of the main pupils at Fight Ready is Henry Cejudo. Has he been in the gym lately? Yeah, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a phenomenal uh, coach and a mind, MMA mind to speak to, you know, coming from wrestling. And then, you know, I think he won his first 10 fights by knockout. So, um, you know, he knows what he's doing. And he's another guy who talks about range and distance um, and disguising your movement a little bit. So, man, he's just a lot of people in my ear and then showing me little tricks and tr to the trade about covering ground and, you know, it's uh, not very conducive to a long career to play sock and buck and robots. 
you know, every time you go out there and fight, you know, I've had my face broke, my nose broke, my jaw broke. So, man, if I want to keep doing this for a while, you know, it's, it's better to um, it's better to give than receive in the sport. And obviously, Cejudo, world-renowned, like, Olympic gold medalist wrestling, like, although he's a lot smaller than you, like, do you still get a, like, kind of some insight from him on the wrestling aspect of the game? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think at the end of the day, wrestling is wrestling. And, uh, you know, like, disguising your wrestling with, with strikes and things like that instead of just wrestling or just boxing or just kickboxing or just one or the other, you know, putting it all together and doing MMA um not that i even plan on wrestling at all but man you know if i get rocked then you know wrestling may be the the answer you know to recover clear the clear clear the head a little bit then you know get it back to the feet so um yeah you know anything that somebody of that caliber has to say you know you should definitely listen just last thing do you think he ever comes back that's the whole thing is his all like the cringy thing is obviously it sells and he's kind of holding out for that big money fight. I mean, you got to pay the man some respect, you know, two division champ. I'm not sure how much money he's asking or how much money they're offering. I don't really get into, into those details, but you know, obviously he feels he's worth a certain amount and the UFC doesn't. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of in the position that I think a lot of fighters want to be in, you know, two division champ, Okay, I got enough bread saved up. I don't have to fight. I will fight. I want to fight, but I don't have to. You know, he's up in Brazil, hanging out with his girlfriend, you know, eating, drinking, having a good time. So, and he's only 33, you know, 33, 34 years old. So, you know, he's still relatively young and, you know, he's he's got, you know, uh, have you ever seen the, the movie um, The Gambler? Have you ever seen yeah. The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg? You know, he yeah. talks about, you know, fuck you money. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what uh where he's at. You know, he can tell Dana and, and the UFC, you know, screw you. If you don't want to pay me, then I'm not going to fight. And I think that's a wonderful position to be in. And not enough fighters are in that position. All right. Well, Eric, man, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it, bro. Thank you. All right. We're joined by UFC Bantamweight Jonathan Martinez. Jonathan, how's it going? Doing good in yourself. I'm doing well. Uh, fighting Davy Grant, are you a bit surprised because your opponent? Um, no, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter and stuff. Just I just fight whoever they put in there. Y your last one was a good win over Thomas Almeida. I thought you would have got a higher ranked guy. Yeah, I would have. I would have thought that too. But they gave me this matchup, and I was like, all right. You know, I'll keep fighting until whatever they throw me, pretty much. So. Uh, a bit disappointed Almeida ends up getting that O'Malley fight because obviously that's a big fight in the division and you just beat him. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I, well, I don't know why. Probably because he don't throw no kicks. You know what yeah. I mean? And if I would fight Sean, I'll throw a lot of kicks, you know? <laughs> and was this about the right time frame you wanted to return about five months after your last win? Yeah, I wanted to fight sooner, but they got me this matchup. I've been on this match about 10 weeks already, so, you know, I've been staying ready and stuff. Uh, glad you're not going out to Fight Island again, or, or do you wish it was actually out there? Mm, nah, not really. I, I didn't really like it over there. It was just, yeah. I had to sleep in the time, so 
yeah, it was it was bad. So I'm happy to find it here in Vegas. So. Davy Grant, like coming off a big knockout win over Martin Day, two fight winning streak. Like, what have you taken away from his last couple performances? Mm, they've been good. You know, he's a. He, I mean, I really think he's a good opponent for me. So he's a tough guy. So it's gonna be a good fight. Do you see similarities between him and Thomas Almeida? They're both like primarily boxers with a lot of knockout power. Mm, yeah, in, in a way and stuff. Just, yeah, pretty much, yeah. How do you see this fight playing out? Because you're a guy that you can always get that knockout. Like, the knees are always there. The kicks are always there. But then you have a very underrated ground game as well. Oh, man. Honestly, I don't I don't like saying, like, how. Just, yeah. Uh, just, I just know March 13, you know, I'm going to get my hand raised and stuff. Like, you know, I don't know how. So, we'll see. What do you think a win over Davey does for you? Uh, hopefully, miss, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, what is it, top fifteen or you know, it doesn't really matter. Just whatever they throw me, pretty much. You know what I mean? A win's a win, you know. Uh, and then I know with the Frankie fight, you obviously came in a bit heavy, and then the Thomas Almeida fight was at featherweight. Is there a bit of a worry dropping back down to thirty five, or is the weight cut already going all smooth? No, it, everything's going good. You know, I don't have a problem. I used to fight at one twenty five, so yeah, thirty five, so. Yeah, won't be a problem. Uh, still doing this camp out with like uh, Chris Gutierrez and Factory X and all them. Yes, I'm still there. You know? Oh, what's that like? Is Mark Montoya one of the best coaches in MMA? Man, he's he's a really good coach, man. He knows he knows what he's talking about. You know, he knows a lot of things. You know, he helps a lot of people out, and just the gym. I mean, there's a lot of tough competition in there, so you know, it's always makes it fun training with all those good guys and stuff we've seen davy grant get submitted before as well like do you think that's a path to victory for you is taking this fight down to the ground mm, not really you know i just keep it the same you know sending goes on the ground you know we'll go to the ground but you know just do what, what i always do your last fight like were you a bit nervous going to the scorecards i thought you won all three rounds against thomas almeida but again i thought you won two out of the three against andre Ull, and you never really know what the judge is yeah man i don't know i was just like i was just in the moment at first i was just in the moment like damn i just fought him you know because i used to look up to him and stuff yeah just i just wanted to raise my hand i was just oh yeah i won but he i was always a big fan of him you know i still am Oh, those past two wins, like what are, are those the, the top two wins of your career so far? Frankie signs kind of like a OG of the bandwidth division that Thomas Almeida, like that's a guy a bunch of people grew up watching. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like all the fights are, you know, every fight is like hard and stuff. So I see everybody as, you know, top competition because they want the same thing. They want to move up. So it's all the same. And I know one of your close friends is Chris Gutierrez, and he obviously got the win over Andre Ewell. What was that like for you now? Like, did that get a revenge for you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what he says. Yes, so, you know, I guess you got to say my big brother and stuff. <laughs> nah, but it was good, though. Is that a fight you think, you, like, is that a fight you want back? Like, it doesn't really make sense ranking wise, but just trying to kind of correct that wrong of what the judges did? Mm. No, nah, honestly, not really. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm a, a little higher already than him, you know, so I just start, I just start climbing the ladder and stuff. 
smaller octagon as well for this one. Obviously, the fight island is a bigger octagon. How do you think that's going to play a factor in the fight? Mm, should be good, you know what I mean? There's nowhere to go, really, so it's just going to we'll move around there, you know? So it should be fun. You, if I'm not mistaken, I think I remember talking to Chris, and he said you guys you guys used to always joke about fighting each other on the regional scene. Was that, like, how Did that ever get close to you two fighting each other? Yeah, we were supposed to fight. He said it was for the 135 belt, but no, it was for the 125 belt. He was supposed to go, come down, but he couldn't make 125, so that's why we never like fought each other. Uh, how would that fight have gone? I would have twisted him. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that something you guys joke about? Like, looking back, like, man, what would have happened if we fought? Like, would we even been this close of friends? Would we even trained and all that? Yeah, I don't know. He'll, he'll tell everybody, he's like, yeah, we'll, I will I'll beat him up. So, you know, I was like, whatever. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he's, I, I remember when I've talked to him, he said he would have beat you up. But that's the same thing like Calvin Cater and Rob Fowler told to talk to each other. I've talked to both of them and they said, oh, I would have knocked the other one out in the first round. <laughs> nah, it's good. He's a close friend, you know what I mean? Like, we, was, we trained together a lot, so, you know what I mean? I don't I don't feel like uh, we're ever going to fight each other, in, not even in the yeah. UFC. I don't think so. Hopefully not. Uh, everything goes away March 13th. Like, how quickly would you want to turn this thing around? I just, at first, I got to see how this fight goes. You know, I don't like saying the head of stuff, you know. Yeah. It never goes to plan. Uh, are you hoping a ranked guy comes next? I can't hear you. Are you hoping a ranked guy comes next? Hopefully, yeah. Oh, whatever, whatever they put in front of me, you know, hopefully, but whatever they put. Hey, just last thing, like, what's this ideal 2021 for you? Like, everything goes your way. Like, where do you see yourself at the end of the year? Mm, let's see. Probably in the top 18, you know. That's what I think, you know, so hopefully. All right, well, Jonathan, man, I appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. All right, thank you. All right, we're joined by UFC welterweight Jason Witt. Jason, how's it going? Uh, it's going good, man. I'm glad to be back with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, UFC debut didn't go your way, but that second fight in the UFC, just a dominant performance over Cole Williams. Like, do you kind of view that as your real debut? Because that was your first fight with a full camp and everything. Uh, man, I, I really don't because you know, like, like I had my debut, I had my chance. Uh, it didn't go my way, and I understand that. Uh, you know what, like, like th there's no common boxers to win loss section. Like, yeah, I, I lost the fight. I won the second fight. So I'm one and one the UFC. So it's not my debut. Uh, it was, it was definitely better than the first one. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just, I, I can't think of my debut. I can't, I can't look past the loss just cause that's, that's what happened. Um, I, I'd be lying if I didn't. So no, it's, it's not my debut. Uh, first one was. And this fight against Matthew Semmelsberger, was this someone you had your eye on or was it just who the UFC offered to you? Man, I've never heard of him, honestly. Uh, I've obviously, obviously watched fights now, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just who the UFC offered me. Um, I've, I've never said no to a fight, uh, so that's just kind of who they gave me and, and kind of what we're doing now. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I never heard of him before this, before they offered me the fight. Just uh, taking back up then. Like, Matthew Semmelsberger, obviously... You didn't know much about him, but after watching the fights, like, what do you take away from his past performances? Yeah, uh, he's kind of a basic striker. He's 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 a he's a big guy, uh, ex-world player, from what I've heard. 
you know, probably good athlete, but kind of striker throws a lot of one, two, threes, not a lot of combinations. Uh, kind of a, a, a one-trick pony in the sense that uh, he's, he's more of a striker than I haven't seen a lot of takedowns from him. I haven't seen a lot of shots from him. Uh, not a lot of blending of, of kind of mixed martial arts in a sense. Do you think your grappling is going to be a big advantage in this fight? Because we have saw your last fight. Like, you just controlled Collins with your grappling. Uh, yeah, I, I really do. Uh, I think I'm, uh, like I said, he wasn't. I think I am. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a great grappler. I'm a great striker. Or not great, but I'm, I'm good everywhere. I'm good at blending all those together and kind of kind of mixing it up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think I think grappling is definitely going to take, uh, I think I'm going to be a lot better grappler than he is. And that's kind of where we're, we're going with the fight. And James Crow is one of the best coaches in MMA. Doesn't get enough respect, but how important is he? Just he because he comes up with the right game plans for everybody. Yeah, man, he's uh he's super intelligent. He's super. Uh, he, you say one of the best coaches. I say the best coach. Uh, he just set up a different different atmosphere at the gym. He's one of those students of the game that like breaks down fights and like he'll watch a fight from a fighter's perspective, from a fan's perspective, from a coach's perspective. Like he'll watch fights over and over again. Um, and just kind of break stuff down and really, really set up a game plan that's successful for what you do, not just the overall, like, hey, this is what everybody does. This will work. Like, it's it's more for, like, you do this well, let's do this. How do you see this fight playing out? Like, do you basically just see yourself similar to that last fight, just taking him down, kind of controlling him and getting that stoppage eventually? Yeah, that's 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 kind of, that's kind of the game plan, you know. Uh, somebody asked me, they're like, do you plan on doing your signature move? And I'm like, what's, what's my signature move? <laughs> Like picking him up and carrying him across the cage, I'm like, you know what? If that if that's what happens, that's that's uh, definitely definitely what I want to do. That'd be a lot. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah, I really see this kind of going the same way did last time. Uh, you know, taking him down and kind of controlling the ground, and then TKOing him in the second round. Well, what do you think a win over him does for you? Obviously, welterweight's kind of stacked, but two wins in a row kind of gets some momentum behind your name. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just here to win. That's just all I care. You know what I mean? I show up uh, and I fight, and if that puts me a little further in the ranks or puts me closer to getting a ranked name or something like that, then I'm cool with that. But you know what? They give me the name, and I'll just fight whoever it is. I heard that you were talking about maybe going down to 55. Is that true? Yeah, the the we, we've talked about it. I got to go to the Institute to kind of get some run some tests to see if that, that's a possibility. Not a huge welterweight, so so it's definitely it's it's something I've done before in my past career. Um, it's not something I want to do by by any means necessary because I feel really good at seventy and I like being at seventy and the you know the, the lifestyle is a little different. Fifty five is going to be um, more or less like an eight week cut. It has to really be strict on what I do. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something. If it's if it works for my career, if it's what I need to do for my career, then that's something I have to do. It's something I'll look into after this fight for sure. You'd be that like perfect 165 or then if that division ever gets created. 100%. I mean, I've, I fought it. I fought at 62. I fought at 60. I fought at 58. I fought at all those like middle, middle catch weights, fights of force. So, yeah, 65 would be just that, that perfect, perfect class for me. Who are the main guys you're working with at Gloria? I May mean, I assume like Derek Minner just had his fight, uh, like just kind of those guys all are, that are fighting around this date? Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody got fights coming up. There's there's not a there's not a UFC person in our gym that doesn't have a fight yeah. coming up. Um, I put in a lot of work with Julian Marquez for his last fight. Yeah. I was very similar to uh, to Maki, so I put in a lot of work with him, and he's a lot bigger uh, bigger than I am. Obviously, I don't know if you saw him in the cage because he was freaking massive. But uh, I've worked a lot with him. I've worked a lot with Grant Dawson. Yeah. Uh, I'm freezing or not? But 
Uh, Works a lot with Grant Dawson, who's a fantastic grappler in itself. That kid is a that kid's a monster, and people don't know what that kid's capable of. Uh, obviously, work with with the, you know, Zach Cummings, James Krause, uh, a lot of a lot of newer guys. People don't know like Devin Weber, uh, people like that that uh, are coming up on the scene. Um, just a lot of a lot of the guys at Glory, but a lot of a lot of rounds with uh, Julian, a lot of rounds with Grant. Uh, Glory MMA is kind of on this hot streak right now. Is there a bit of pressure on you to keep it going? No, it's not. It's not. You know, Cross Cross really preaches. It's not. Don't be results driven. Uh, be performance driven. Like just go out there and do your best, and that's that's all you can really do. Uh, so there's not a lot of pressure. It's just. It's just. I'm gonna go out there and win regardless. So it's, it's not about the pressure of, of our team winning or, or what happens there. It's more about the, the performance of what I know I'm capable of. How weird is it when everyone gets to the UFC? Like you imagine these sold out arenas and everything, and you're three fights in, still fighting in front of no one. Uh, I I don't know. I can't tell you because I never fought in front of anybody. Yeah. But in the UFC, I never fought in front of anybody. So I, I don't mind it. I really don't because the last fight, uh, I took Cole Williams down and, you know, I bloodied him up quite a bit. And uh, Cross, I was, I mean, Cross was three feet away from me. And he's like, hey, man, you got a pretty nice cut on him. I'm like, yep, I can see that. Like we had a conversation, you know, two feet away. And you can't do that with 60,000 people in the stands, which I don't know if that's 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 fun or not. But, but right now I'm just, I'm just kind of enjoying the fact that Cross and I have a, can have a conversation while fighting do you think that that's going to be a big difference for a lot of fighters once this is all over because you see the ufc signing so many fighters and they aren't used to fighting in front of 20 30,000 people and then other fighters like tony ferguson they need the fans to really hype them up yeah that's a good point I never thought about that i don't know i mean i, I fought in front of maybe 2,500 3,000 people is the the most i've probably fought in front of so i'm not used to a huge crowd so yeah i guess it does probably does play an advantage but, uh, you know, my last fight before, before I met in the UFC was like 33,000 people, somewhere around that. I don't remember the exact number. Um, but it, it kind of do, does pump you up a little bit. It does, it does help you out a little bit. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, there, to, I'm there to get the win. And that's what my coaches and I are working on. And uh, if that's no crowd or, or crowd, the, I'm still an entertainer. I'm there to entertain the fans. So, I mean, we got TV for that. But uh, I'm there for the win no matter what everything goes your way March 13th. Like how quickly do you want to Instagram? Cause you're a guy that based off your career, like you like fighting pretty often. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's, that's really going to depend on, uh, that's going to depend on if I go to 55 or if I stay at 70. Um, but if it's 70, I mean, I'll fight every month. Like, I don't care. Just give me, just give me a little bit of time. I'm used to fighting on three, four weeks notice every time. So it's not, a, it's not a huge deal. Um, if it's 55, I kind of need some time to, to kind of get that diet going, get my weight down a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'd like to fight like three, four or five times this year, at least. Is basically like the goal would be if you go down to 55, like you'd still be open to some of these short notice 70 fights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I made 70 on 12 hours notice pretty much. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not bad at all. And if, if, if the money's right and that's what I got to do, I'm in, let's go. Just last thing, like, where do you kind of see yourself? Like, what what's the ideal twenty twenty one for you? Yeah, I'd like to get close to the top fifteen rankings. I really would. I'd like to end, you know, end the year twenty twenty one, like, like either, either at at top fifteen or you know, like like eking my way into like like hey, January February, you're fighting for a top fifteen rank. I think that'd be a be a nice place I'd like to be at. All right, well, Jason, man, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Sorry about the uh, 
little freezing internet yeah. connection happened. 